And now, tonight's presentation of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Tonight, the story of two small boys who carry death in their pockets. We call it Two Platinum Capsules. So now, here is tonight's suspense play, Two Platinum Capsules. Population, 41,300. For Johnny Murphy, age 11, the day started like any other day. The time, 8.36 a.m. Apple Corps! Good morning. Who's your friend? The mailman. Here goes. Hey, here's your boy. You stop that. <laughs> you weren't even close. Oh, I could have hit him if I wanted to. You throw that apple core at the mailman. I didn't hit him, Mom. I didn't even try. Don't ever let me catch you doing anything like that again. Now, come inside. Your father's home. Yeah, when did you get back? Just a minute ago. Hi, boy. Did you find some uranium pop? No, not this time. We didn't expect you home until tonight, George. Well, I woke up with a lousy cold yesterday. And on top of that, the water can sprung a leak. Didn't even have enough to make coffee before I left camp last night. Oh, there's someone still. Hey, Pop, let me listen to the doctor, Connor. Not now, Johnny. Your father's tired from driving all night. Please, Pop, just for a second. Sure. Okay. Now. Is that how it sounds when it's near uranium? No, it clips a lot faster. So they tell me. I'll fix your breakfast, George. Scramble, my man. Hey, Johnny, come on. Hey, Pete's waiting for me, Pop. Okay, boy, you run along. Johnny, you'll be home for lunch. Okay, Mom. Where are we going? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Hey, how about to my house? Nah, nothing to do over there. Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. Something. Hey, I listen to my pop's guy here, Tom. Yeah? What'd you hear? Uranium? Oh, come on. Where are we going? I don't know. Why don't we go down to that new dump? Where? The new dump the city opened. They're filling in that old gravel pit over near Afton High. What do we do down there? I don't know. Look around. 
See if we can find something, baby. Okay. But I gotta be home for lunch. At 8.50, George Murphy, a part-time uranium prospector, sat down to eat his breakfast. Five miles away, Miss Helen Webster, a registered nurse employed at the Middle Branch Hospital, entered the staff cafeteria. A few moments later, the administrator, Dr. Carl Hutter, stopped at her table. How did you like working up in 232 yesterday, Miss Webster? Fine, Doctor. Burton didn't give you any trouble, did she? Why, um, no. Get along with her all right? Yes, I think so. I think she probably hates him, Dad. Oh, but why? Then she's leaving next week. We've asked her to retire. She knows you're taking her place. Oh, I see. Did she explain everything to you carefully? Very carefully, Doctor. And we want you to take charge as soon as she's gone. Is that all right with you? Yes, sir. It's very interesting work. It could be dangerous. But if you're careful, there's no risk involved. But did Burton have you working with the real thing or the dummy? Well, the dummy's at first. And then she opened the safe. Those capsules certainly don't look dangerous. They're killers, Miss Webster. Don't ever forget it. <laughs> Every large hospital has a room 222. Painted in bold letters across the lead line door are the words, Danger, Radioactive. When not occupied, the room is padlocked. At 9.14, Miss Elsie Burton, registered nurse, inserted the key in the padlock and entered the room. She opened the heavy safe and using a pair of forceps, lifted a small metal box from it. She quickly placed the box on the table. Then, stepping behind a lead shield designed to protect her body from the contents of the box, she opened it. Inside the box were several platinum capsules. And each capsule was filled with radium. It was 9.27 when she picked up the phone to report two of the platinum capsules missing. George Murphy had finished his second cup of coffee, glanced through the morning paper, and was watching his wife at the kitchen sink. More coffee, George? No, thanks. You look awfully tired. I am. We got a notice from the bank today. The payment's overdue again on the... I know, May. On that Geiger counter you had to buy. hundred and sixty dollars. When I think what I could have done with All that right, all right. George, we can get along on your salary. You don't need a million dollars. You can get along just fine on what you make at the gas station. If you'd only work instead of taking three days a week away, straight enough, goodness knows where. Let's talk about it some other time. Huh? <laughs> I'm going in and lie down. You close the bedroom door. I want the radio on while I do the ironing. <laughs> The two boys, Johnny Murphy and Peter Cowan, were approaching the city dump. Hey, Peter, wake up. Come on, I'm almost there. Look, see it? Huh? <laughs> Doesn't look like nothing but a big hole in the ground. That's where they took all the gravel from. They're dumping all kinds of stuff in that old pit now. Hey, who's that? Oh, over by the shack. Oh, I don't know. Maybe the watchman. 
You crazy? What'd they have a watchman at a dump for? He'd steal junk. Morning, boys. You can answer? Are you the watchman? That's right. You boys out exploring? Well, kind of. Is it all right? Oh, it's all right. Providing you look out for the trucks. Yes, sir. We'll be careful. By 10.15, Dr. Hutter with Miss Burton and Miss Webster had made a preliminary search for the missing radio. It was not in room 222. A further check revealed that only one patient in the hospital was receiving radium therapy. According to the day chart, the radium used in the patient the day before had been returned to the safe. Nevertheless, the patient was examined, and the immediate area surrounding her bed carefully searched. The radium was not found. At 10.35, Dr. Hutter and the two nurses re-entered room 222. I don't understand how it could have happened, Doctor. Could someone have taken it during the night? No, even if they had a key to fit the padlock, Miss Burton is the only person in the hospital who has a combination to the safe. You'll have all this responsibility next week, Miss Webster. Burton, what time did you show the capsules to Miss Webster yesterday? Uh, just before lunch, Doctor. Did you count the capsules before returning them to the safe? Well, they weren't away from this table. I didn't think it was necessary to count them. Well, we've done all we can. I'll notify the insurance company. Let them send a radium hound up from San Francisco. A radium hound? Yes, a man who specializes in finding lost radium by using a scintillator or a geyser counter. He'll go through the hospital carefully, and the counter will locate the radium. Uh, doctor, before you go, may I speak to you alone? Certainly. Uh, I'll be in the hall, doctor. Doctor, you know I've never been one for carrying tales, but I refuse to take the responsibility for losing those capsules. No one is blaming you, Burton. Accidents happen. This was no accident. Go on. Doctor, I just happen to know that Miss Webster is engaged to a young doctor. I don't see that that has any bearing on the lost radio. Now, let me finish. This doctor is setting up his own office, and I'm sure he'd be mighty grateful for a gift of 200 milligrams of radium. Burton, you've been around here too long. You've soured. Doctor, I just remembered something. Uh, yes, Miss Webster? Well, the other night, Leonard, Dr. Terry, told me that one of his patients goes away every weekend to help uranium. Wouldn't he own a Geiger counter? He might. Yes, see if you can reach him. Yes, sir. We'll take this building apart if we have to. Oh, Miss Webster. Yes, sir? Notify all hospital personnel of the loss immediately. If someone's picked up those capsules without realizing what they are, they're in trouble. Jay Murphy had just tuned in the 11 a.m. news broadcast when the phone rang. Recognizing the urgency in Miss Webster's voice, she promised to wake her husband immediately. George? George, you've got to wake up. George. Hmm? George, they want you down at the hospital. What's the matter, Johnny? Something happened to oh, Johnny? No, no, not Johnny. They've lost some radium at Middle Branch Hospital. The nurse that called thought you might be able to find it. Hand me a cigarette, will you? Okay. You got any hot coffee out there? I'll heat it. 
Unfortunately, the gamma rays cannot tell the difference between healthy and unhealthy tissue, making it extremely dangerous to handle. Unless caught in time, there is no cure for radium poisoning, only a slow, lingering death. Hey, mister, you know what time it is? It's on? Well, let's see now. It's 11.30. You see? I told you it wasn't more than that. <laughs> you boys are too young to be worrying about time. Well... He's always worried about something. I gotta be home for lunch. Well, did you find anything valuable down in the dump? No, nothing there I wanted. I don't know if what I found is valuable or not. Well, it's it. Can't judge what it's worth if you don't let me take a look at it. I got them in my pocket. Then? Yeah. Two little pieces of metal. See? Oh, yeah. Mighty nice. Looks like they might have been used for counterweights of some sort. Well, excuse me, boys. Got to tell that fellow where to unload. We'll see you, mister. You be careful crossing the street, you boys. Don't want to get hurt. It was 12.30 when George Murphy arrived at the hospital. He was quickly briefed by Dr. Hutter and the search started. Slowly, carefully, they walked through the sterile corridors, listening for any change in the normal count of the Geiger count. I understand you do quite a bit of uranium prospecting, Mr. Murphy. Yeah, I guess I do. I usually take off from work at the gas station on Thursdays and come back Sunday. Did you ever find any? Not yet. I'm still hoping. Oh, my. Let me find this radio, I mean. Is that valuable? That deadly. There's always a chance someone has picked it up without realizing what it is. Something? Mm, the background count is a little high, but it's gone down. Oh. Say, just what do those capsules look like, Doctor? Oh, they're about two inches long. Metal. Approximately as big around as a thick lead pencil. Well, it doesn't look like it's up here. Come on, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. Hey, Doctor, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm taking up some response on this thing. Well, that's from 222. What? We keep our regular supply of radium in 222. Just ahead. Oh. Well, I'm glad to know this thing works. Sure like to see it act up like that out in the desert. Time, 1.40. After having a cup of coffee, the men continued their search. Drain pipes were examined. Trash and waste chutes leading to the incinerator. The incinerator itself and finally the ground surrounding the entire hospital were checked. At 4.15, as far as they were able to determine, 
They agreed the radium was not in or near the hospital. Dr. Hutter then contacted the trucking service that removed the non-combustible rubbish. The driver reported he had taken a load to the new city dump yard the previous afternoon. He was also sure the watchman of the yard would remember where he had unloaded. The time, 4.59. There's the Watson's shack. Doesn't look like anybody's here. He's probably gone for the day. All right, you want to look around? Might get lucky. Yep, you better. Funny. What's that? Well, when I'm shaving in the morning, I can usually see myself later in the day. It's a gas station working, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think so. I sure didn't see myself down here looking for a needle in a haystack. Well, I can't get anything on the Geiger, Doctor. The counter hasn't registered any change at all. You need a settle for this kind of job. Well, might as well start back. I hate saying this, but I'm beginning to think Burton might be right. Burton? She's a nurse in charge of 222. She believes the radium was stolen. Could be. I'd sure give ten bucks to know where it is. I'd give a lot more just to know those capsules aren't poisoning someone. Howdy. Help you fellas? Oh, are you the watchman? That's right. We were looking for you about an hour ago. I quit at five, went to eat. Oh, I live out here. What do you want to see me about? Do you remember a consolidated truck here yesterday afternoon? Yes, I do. I had him dump out in Area 4. Where's that? Right where you fellas were standing when I first spotted you. Oh. Well, thanks. Hey, hey, uh, wait a minute. We still ain't said what you wanted to see me about. Do you know what radium looks like? No, can't say I do. A couple of capsules containing radium were lost from the hospital. We thought they might have been carried out here. Uh, how would I know them if I did see them? About two inches long, little capsules of metal. Oh, mm-hmm. Where to now? Would you mind dropping me off at the hospital? Okay. Say, here. Say, say, hold on a minute. Yes? Uh, two boys down here this morning. Should be something like that. Two boys? Yes, yeah, sir. I... I remember what they found. Looked like little counterweights. Well, do you know the boys, either one of them? No, never saw them before in my life. Did they mention their names? Can you describe them? No names, but I reckon I could give you an idea of what they look like. Get in. What for? They're taking you down to the police station. We've got to find those boys fast. By 7.30, the two radio stations in the city were broadcasting a description of the boys every half hour. An all-points bulletin had been relayed to the police substations and all patrol cars. The morning newspaper was setting up a story on the front page. There was nothing to do now but wait. Hey, Mom. Yes, Johnny? Take a look at my leg, huh? Your leg? What's the matter with it? I don't know. Sort of burned. He probably skinned it. Let's see. Well, there's nothing there. Just a little red, that's all. Mm. The 
feels like it's burned. There's your father. Now, you go get ready for bed. Okay. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Pa. George, I've kept your dinner warm. It's in the oven. I didn't get a chance to call you. I know. I heard all about it on the news. Poor kid. Now, you sit down. What'd you fix? Lamb chops. And I heated up some of those frozen biscuits. Is that boy going to die from the radium? I don't know. Dr. Hutter said something about the rays burning deeper and deeper as time went on. Oh. Something to do with the square road and I don't know. Hand me the butterway. The description they gave on the radio. That boy must be about Johnny's age. Yeah. Johnny. I told you to get ready for bed. Oh, golly, Mom. I haven't hardly seen Pop in three days. That's right. Well, boy, what have you been doing? <laughs> oh, nothing. Just taking it easy. <laughs> taking it easy. You just wait, boy. You just wait a few years. Hey, can I put your Geiger counter away for you? Uh, look, how many times do I have to tell you that it isn't a toy? It costs a lot of money. That's the truth. <laughs> can I listen to it, Pop, please? Johnny, leave your father alone. He's dead tired. Go on, get ready for bed. Oh, Mom. Mind your mother, boy. Yes, sir. All right. Come back here. Yes, sir. Come here. Now, wait a minute. Well, what's wrong with it? Oh, the switch is stuck. <laughs> okay, now. What's the devil? Pop, is it broken? Wait a minute. Where'd you go to that boy? What? He went to the city dump, didn't he? George, no! Pop, what are you looking at? Answer me, Johnny. He went to the city dump, didn't he? Pop, what's wrong with you? Give me the radium, Johnny. I didn't do nothing wrong. Give me the radium! What did you take from the city dump, Johnny? Nothing. Pop, I'm going to eat little food. Let's the search was over. Fortunately, because of Johnny's normal activity, the radium capsules had bounced around in his pocket. The burns covered a wide area, but the rays had not penetrated as deeply as they could have done. The Murphys were told to consider themselves lucky. If the boy had carried the capsules another few hours... It would have been impossible to save him. On being informed of the boy's condition, Miss Burton, the nurse in charge of room 222, admitted to throwing the two capsules in with the non-combustible rubbish, hoping a replacement would receive the blame. She was immediately discharged and barred from any further practice in the nursing profession. you tonight's presentation of two platinum capsules. Be sure to listen next week when we again bring you radio's outstanding theater of thrills,
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.